I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Thank you, thank you for all of you who are my loyal listeners and are always messaging me, telling me they you love the episodes. And, you know, I have people from Hong Kong, Singapore, the UK, Australia. I mean, I've, I look at my ratings and I see all these countries and it blows my mind. But this month is like my third year of this podcast. And we're in the 150s, almost to this 160 episode. And it just gets better and better. And I love it more and more. No stopping now, that's for sure. But today's episode is with a gentleman. His name is Sheldon Thompson. I found him on Instagram. I know that sounds familiar. I do find people that I resonate with when I'm watching their videos, and he is one of them. I started following him and listening to his videos. And, you know, I've always like, you know, the conspiracy theory, right? The, especially since 2020 came and, you know, that's whole just like erupted. I feel like maybe it erupted because I never really paid attention to that before then. And now I'll say something to Richard and he'll go, oh, the conspiracy theory. I'm like, oh, okay, where have I been? But that's what Sheldon he just gives a different perspective on things and he's only 30 years old and he is such an old soul. Oh, it is so fascinating. You must follow him on Instagram because all the things that he brings up and we talk about today in this podcast. So I tried to get as many things as I could on this show in an hour, but, um, oh, it's, it just makes you think. And it's so fun to think and listen to another perspective and not be so, you know, with these tunnel vision and the blinders on in life all the time, you know, be open and listen. And, you know, maybe something does resonate. Maybe it doesn't. We're all programmed differently. We all have been raised by different beliefs. And, but sometimes it's fun to look at other people's perspectives like Sheldon's and go down that rabbit hole like I do. But I know you'll love listening to this. It's I'm sure it's one of the ones you will share because it'll make you think and you'll want other people to listen to his perspectives on things. And he's, you know, it's some people that start, start sharing things that doesn't have any background or something to, you know, back it up. Oh, he has done his research. Holy moly. He's just this neat guy that wants to share his, his truth. And you can either agree or not. <laughs> he doesn't care, but it's really fun to watch. And it's very fun to listen to what he's discovered. And it'll just make you think. 
So I will bring him on. But before I do, remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. It has grown so much in these three years, and I still haven't missed a week. And I have so many in the queue. You're going to, they just keep either, you know, I've had a lot come to me, but I also love, you know, researching and finding other podcasts that resonate and then listening to those. That's all I do. I feel like (laughs) is looking for people that I want to introduce you to. So there's a bunch of fun ones in the queue and I just keep building and just know that I'm always here. I have my classes going on and gosh, reaching these, these families all over the country and helping their teenagers and really realizing now, you know, after three years, after this COVID of gosh, these kids are struggling, you know, I know we always talk about that. And, you know, we think about the, what they went through, you know, now, like looking at a lot of them either are graduated from high school that went through COVID, you know, as a senior that never really got to have that last year and either were online too long and now struggle with anxiety being out in the world. And gosh, there's a lot of things that we're just learning now, but I can just imagine in the years to come, what we will discover that these kids in this era, in this generation where my girls are, have experienced and we will probably see the results. And I want to help you. I don't want these kids to struggle. I want to, gosh, these sweet kids that I've been working with lately, just go to school and don't feel a connection and kind of are lost. And when I teach them my little tools, they get excited and empowers them. And I just want to help anyone I can. So reach out to me. I'm on social media or just email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com or share my podcast, share my website. And um, with anyone you think could use my help, I would love to. So let's bring on this 30-year-old Sheldon Thompson. I know you're going to love this episode. So enjoy the show. Welcome, Sheldon. How's it going, guys? It is good. All the way from Ontario, Canada. Yeah, we're suffering. We're suffering in the cold in the winter. This is actually the first winter that I've lived here in the last few years. I was in Mexico the last couple of years for the entirety of the winter, but uh, I decided to stick around and play hockey this year. So I still was in Mexico for a month, but uh, winter here has been pretty brutal. So yeah, but I mean, I we're think, getting through. Yes. I mean, I think we're I live in there. San Diego yeah. and I can't really complain about a big winter, but it's been a rainy more rain than we're used to, but mm-hmm. all good. Spring is in the air and Sheldon's on my podcast. And let me tell you, everyone that's listening knows I love my rabbit holes. And I ran into your, I must've just seen you on Instagram. And so I looked at, it, I was like, oh, this is so fascinating. And so, and here's this like cute kid on there, like, you know, just talking. And I just can tell like, gosh, he really has done his his rabbit hole work. Like he's really Mm -hmm. gone down there. And I do a lot of research before I start my interviews, but what the one thing that I'm missing from my research, there was one podcast that at the end of it, she asked you, what have I not asked that you would have wanted me to ask? 
And it was, tell me how I even began my spiritual journey. And that is really what I want to begin with, because it's kind of, you're a mystery to me. You have this like air about you that you know all this amazing history and you've done all this. You've had this mind that is always seeking the truth. And I don't know where it began. So let's start there and then let's go down these amazing things that I can't wait. People are going to just like be glued to you, Sheldon. It's a pretty interesting story. I think uh, innately, I always had these things within me. I don't think that, you know, you, you learn new things. You're just being reminded as you go through this experience, like the soul is always abundant in information and wisdom. So I, I know that I'm an old soul and that I've been along this journey for a very, very long time, not just in this lifetime. You know, I've had a lot of dreams of past life regression and, and, you know, mediumship and all that stuff. And, and I'm very connected to the, the ancient past and all that stuff. But uh, in this lifetime, everything started by watching The Secret, if you know what that is. Oh, really? That was a long time ago. This is about 10 years ago now. So I'm, I'm 30 years old now. I was about 20 years old when this all started. And I watched The Secret. And I watched it with a, a really good friend of mine. And uh, you know, I actually did this, this whole journey with this person. He's like a soul brother. And when I watched this documentary, it resonated so deeply within me that I know that I shed a couple of tears because like this makes so much sense. Like, you know, thoughts become things. And before this, I always knew about like the manipulation and and the control mechanisms that were in place as far as like who controls the world and the elitist and the the pyramid scheme pretty much. And I was seeing these things, but uh, so it was always like the dark side, right? I was always seeing the dark side. And, you know, fluoride in the water, chemtrails in the air. And I was like, am I the only one seeing this and trying to tell my parents and all this stuff? And huh. no one really gets it. So it's like, it was super interesting to me that I'm, I'm seeing the manipulation. I'm seeing the control mechanisms, but no one else is. And then I was introduced to the kind of like that light side. When I watched The Secret, it resonated super deeply within me. You know, thoughts become things. I started taking action on that. Started uh, you know, using manifestation and the law of attraction. Started getting into meditation. Through that process, I started seeing synchronicities like 11 11 was coming across my path a lot and uh i I literally thought i was going crazy for quite a long time because (laughs) you know i was seeing this this sequence everywhere i went like everywhere i went i was like like license plate billboards you know the clock everything it was just it was insane how much i was seeing this and i was like why 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 and again i thought i was going crazy but um i think what changed everything was i followed this account on instagram or i followed i don't know if it's a an account anymore but it was called to higher consciousness and I came across this post. It was eleven eleven question mark. Is it happening to you? And right there, I was like, wow. And I started doing a little bit of research. And I started figuring out that everyone that kind of cultivates this equanimity, this peace within, starts seeing this, this sign. So it's like there's something here, right? So it kind of intrigued me to go a little bit deeper and, and to like pursue things like breath work and getting out in nature and just like really trying to, to figure out what's going on here and who I am. And I remember I woke up one day dead asleep and I rolled over and I, and I touched my phone and it was one eleven on October 11th with 11% of my battery. And I still yeah, have the screenshot that. to this day. And that's where I knew that I had something because I felt it. Yeah. And yeah, I just continued to do what I was doing and, and, you know, continue to meditate and all that stuff. And I actually have a pretty interesting story when I was, uh, when I was 12 years old, I was playing hockey in my backyard and I shot a puck and it hit the crossbar and it went like way up and it landed beside this tree surrounded by rocks. And the puck actually landed beside this crystal. And it's, uh, it's called a thunderlight. It's purple. It looks like an amethyst. And I kept this crystal when I was 12 years old. I kept it my whole life. I put it in my junk drawer. 
uh, you know, years later, I moved to London. That's when I got into like the meditation, all that stuff and started becoming very attracted to crystals. And then, uh, you know, the one day it just like kind of clicked and I realized I've had this thing longer than I've had anything my whole entire life. So it was just like, you know, set up and, and planned. And, and I feel like I've had it throughout my entire existence. It's very, very special to me. And, um, yeah, like I just, I just started like putting pieces of the puzzle together based on my past and what was happening, you know, in my present and, and everything was kind of adding up to, you know, the person that I was supposed to be in my destiny and, and what I wanted to make of it. And, uh, yeah, I just kept going you know, kind of down that, uh, down that road. And, and through that process, I think that you learn a lot of, a lot of things through experience. Like I didn't necessarily do so much research, but things would just kind of like, you know, be put in front of me that really resonated and make sense. And that's, you know, typically the things that I speak about, you know, whether it's grounding or sun gazing or, you know, what, what the governments are doing, all that stuff. And I like to speak about both sides of the spectrum because everything in life is, is balanced. And I, I think that a lot of people kind of get away from that. And they just want to focus on the one side you know, the love and the peace and all that stuff. And, and, but I think that for someone to be truly awakened, they need to understand the whole story, every side of things. So in summary, that's what kind of started it all. Yeah. But when you say destiny, what do you mean when you say like, find your destiny? What is that? I think we forge our own destiny. So, you know, I don't think that it's something that's, you know, necessarily like, this is what you're supposed to do in this life. It's something that you kind of find within. And what I felt was like, I have this, you know, innate, wisdom and information that's inside of me that that resonates deeply with me and 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 to a lot of people that I speak to and I was like I, I think it's my mission to you know get this message out and to help as many people along this process and then that's what kind of what I define my destiny as is just to be the light and the giver of of you know what I've I've received because you're not supposed to hold on to it right yeah yeah so when things come to you that resonate with you I since we only have an hour I want to get to as many things because you're a wealth of information. And, you know, I think with, when I found you and I started, you know, I never, I've heard of flat earthers before, or like the pyramids and the, the three, six, nine, the Nikola Tesla, I've heard of that, but I've never like heard it. Like I I hear it from you. Mm. And so when I'm listening and I'm learning from you and I'm thinking, Oh gosh, you know, it is so interesting to think how the world lives in this like tunnel, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I think I would guess, I mean, I'm just going to say 2020 kind of opened the tunnel a little bit and maybe people started to realize there's a little bit more here going on. Like, (laughs) but absolutely. What would you say? Like when 2020 came, what were you thinking? From the very beginning, I knew it it was garbage. I just didn't, I didn't believe the narrative whatsoever. Because I know that I know what they do, you know, I know the control mechanisms that are in place. I've seen it my whole entire life before 2020. Like there were so much things that were happening that people were so blind to, you know, all these like setup events. And I don't want to get too deep into this stuff, but when this came around, you know, the the first thing that came in my mind was that's bullshit. Like it's it, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? So I wasn't in fear uh, whatsoever. I wasn't manipulated whatsoever. I did what I wanted to do through that process. I moved to Mexico. I got out of the country. Um, you know, and, and I still was able to live my life and I wasn't, you know, locked down for very long anyways, and obviously didn't go and get their, you know, jabs and all that stuff. But, uh, I think that did spark a massive awakening with a lot of people because it was so easy to see how, you know, a small group of people was able to control the rest. Right. So I think through that, through that whole, you know, situation that we went through, 
there was a massive awakening that happened. And even before this, there was a, you know, a mass awakening that was going on and, and they call it the great awakening. And I think that's one of the reasons that my videos and all, all the things that I did blew up. So, so quickly was because the things that I was speaking about, like I've been going through this for such a long time, you know, it's been 10 years that I've been doing these things and going through these experiences, but the majority of people through this great awakening, they just got slammed with everything within like a couple of years. You know what I mean? So right. they're getting all these tests and child. Like I was able to like slowly, gradually go through the process and, and learn and understand. So the things that I was speaking about was resonating with so many people and I was able to, you know, kind of help them, you know, understand what was going on metaphysically within them, the battles, the demons, all that stuff. And, uh, they were able to get through that process. But yeah, I really think that, you know, what we went through was uh, kind of a spark for a lot of people to understand that something's not right here. Right. You know, this, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. You know, like, did right. you, did you see, you know, uh, did you, did you see a pandemic? Did you see ambulances in the street? Did you see people dead? Did you, did you see any of this going on? If it wasn't for the media, would you even know that, right. you know, this deadly virus is going around the world? And the answer is no. Right. The answer is no. Right. Like, there was places in the world that were wide open, wide open. People not in fear, not like, you know, Sweden, Mexico, all these places are wide open. They're doing things every single day. No, no one's wearing masks, any of that stuff because they didn't buy the bullshit. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm going to try to figure out how to start my <laughs> deep dive with you, but let's start with numbers because I know your birthday is like nine, one, like a bunch of neat numbers. Like you, yeah. so many things that you, that numbers are like, like you mentioned, eleven, eleven. I mean, I'm a numbers person like, oh, it's one, one, one. Yes, I did it. Mm-hmm. It's one, one, one right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, there you for go. For me, it is. It's four, yeah, one, yeah. one for you. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But that's so, interesting that you, that you bring up numbers at that time. Of course. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so let's go to like the, the Nikola Tesla thing. Cause I think like I've been explaining after learning it deeper from you what you do on a daily basis in regard to that and how he lived and how that whole process works. It's pretty interesting when I heard about Tesla's three, six, nine theory, and he said, you know, if you only know the magnificence of three, six, nine, you'll have a key to the universe. And I already understood before this, that the universe was mathematical and we didn't necessarily invent mathematics. We discovered mathematics. Like it's a universal language and it's a universal law. And it's, it's found all throughout nature and us, right? Like everything boils down to mathematics. And that's why people think we're in a simulation, right? So, you know, he figured out that three, six, and nine harnessed higher vibrational energies than the rest of the numbers. And it's through, you know, vortex mathematics. Uh, essentially, like if you double one, it becomes two, two double becomes four, four double becomes eight, eight double becomes 16. And the square root of 16, one plus six equals seven right? Everything comes down to either one to nine when you add up the square root or the digital root of all numbers. And then seven doubled is 14. So one plus four equals five, five doubled is 10, one plus zero equals one. It goes on in that pattern. And then three, six, and nine stay separate. But if you take three and you double it, it's six, six doubled is 12. One plus two equals three. So it goes back and forth with three and six. But now nine is separate from that pattern as well. And every time we double nine, it always equals nine. So 9, 18, 27, 1 plus 8 equals 9, 2 plus 7 equals 9, 3 plus 6 equals 9, so on and so forth, on into infinity. So he he knew that these numbers possessed higher vibrational energies, and he used to use these numbers to manifest whether it was information. Like he wasn't someone that you know wanted a bunch of money in his life. He just wanted to provide the world with free energy. So he was using these numbers to solve 
you know, equations, he would use it in his daily life. And that's what I have incorporated as well. So he would, he would stay in hotel rooms divisible by three, six, nine. And, you know, people call him schizophrenic, but I mean, he was one of the greatest minds of all time, if not the greatest mind of all time, I could argue that. So I do this in my daily life. Like when I go to the gym, I'll do, you know, six exercises and, and reps of nine or whatever. Like it's, it's something that I've incorporated into my daily life. And I, I wake up, I write three affirmations in the present tense. Like, you know, I am so happy and grateful for my unlimited abundance of freedom. I'll write those three affirmations and then I'll speak them three times each. So then you got three, six, nine. And yeah, I've been doing this for a long time and I put it in my social media. So like infinite light three, six, nine on TikTok. The the video that I did on Tesla's three six nine, it's got like nine point three million views, which is crazy. That's like the most. Wow. Um, that's the biggest video that I've done. And um, my Instagram, Sheldon Thompson three six nine. So I've incorporated this in every aspect of my life because I think that if you desire greatness, you have to start to move like the the, the greatest people on the planet, right? So right, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's not easy to wrap your mind around. Obviously, you got to do a little research and you got to see what resonates with you and like you know, take it if you can take it and leave it. If you, if you want to leave it, it's, it's completely up to you. But, uh, I can tell you for certainty that, you know, since I started incorporating this code into my life and, and, you know, thinking in this way, then my reality started to change for sure. And like what? Just, I just started seeing more abundance, uh, more freedom in my life, more information was coming in, you know, more peace, more prosperity, all these things. Like it just started to change in a very positive way. When I started using this and, and I see this code everywhere. Like it, it, like everywhere I go, I'm always seeing three, six, nine or nine, you know, three, six or whatever it is. Like this code is, it literally follows me everywhere I go. And that's how I know it's, it's super, super powerful. Yeah. Gosh. You know, when you talk about school and how the history books don't even include him and, you know, there's so many things that we learn in school. I have two teenage daughters that, you know, I'm watching what they're learning and going, oh my gosh, especially where I am now in my life. But when you talk about like, I want to go to like the, the giants and the, I mean, I was just watching that video about, I was, there was one that said the San Diego giant mm. that was never recorded or whatever, taken away, yeah. but yeah. explain what you, how you view kind of history and what they hide from that. Like what that we don't learn in our history books. It's funny because the English language has been completely manipulated to be, I guess, spelling. It's, it's literally spelling. And that's why they called history, history, because it's his story. So mm-hmm. whoever conquers ends up rewriting the history books. And, and that's what they've done. They've left out significant pieces of our history. And all you got to do is do a little research. Like they left out, you know, the Sumerian tablets, the emerald uh, tablets of Thoth, right? Like uh, the Egyptian god of wisdom. Hermes Trismegistus, like all of the Egyptian mythology, they left out all of these things. Giants are are extraterrestrials. Like again, you do a little bit of research and you see like, you know, there's been giant skeletons found out all over the world, giant doorways, like the Pharaohs were depicted as giants. Like, you know, and and it's not even like you you don't even necessarily have to call them giants. They were just much bigger human beings than us. Right. Right. So, but it's, it's super, super, super easy to see that, you know, they, they left out some of the most significant pieces of history and that our history right now and what they tell us is a complete fabrication and a lie. And they do that because they don't want you to discover your true potential and your true power and, and to realize that, you know, we have the ability to harness free energy. We have the ability to not 
you know, live on grid. We can live like these societies that absolutely flourish, but they don't want it. They don't want that. They want to keep you in this bubble. They want to keep you in this societal system where you're paying your bills. You're going to work every single day. You know, you're, you're slaving for something that doesn't even exist, which is money, you know, printed out of absolute thin air. And, And that effectively makes you a slave, right? So you know, the people that are in power want more power. And, and they do that by hiding information, hiding the true nature of, you know, how this world works, where it came from, how it looks like the whole thing. Everything is a lie. Everything that we've ever been indoctrinated with since birth has been a lie. And I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sheldon. So explain to me in a, in a new like <laughs> way, this flat earth, Cause when I listened to you explain, I was like, oh my gosh. So I tell the yeah. girls, did you know that the earth's flat? They're like, <laughs> mom, I said, I was listening to Sheldon talk and he was saying, you know, that water can't curve, yeah. you know, like, you know, so go there. Yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing. If you're, if you're indoctrinated with something for so long, like ever since birth, like you, you, you go to the movies, you watch a movie, you see the globe, like, you know, like this has been right. something that's been completely installed into your subconscious mind since a very young age. So even when I first heard this theory, it's the same thing as, you know, your daughter's would it like, that's crazy. It's nonsense. And I, I literally remember saying the same thing, but um, because I know that, ignorance is bliss. And and I think the true form of ignorance is knowing absolutely nothing about a topic and doing no research on it and still speaking about it. I think that's the true definition. So, you know, I started doing my own research and my due diligence and I started realizing a lot of things like, well, there's definitely something here. Like they've never, ever, ever been able to record curvature ever. You know, there's, there's no study that's ever recorded curvature ever. And they say the curvature of the earth is eight inches every squared mile. Yet we can see you know, mountains from hundreds and hundreds of miles away that should be, you know, many kilometers below the curvature of the earth. Like this study has been done so many times, lasers that are like six feet above sea level that will go hundreds of miles and, and, and hit their targets, right? It should be impossible. Um, and then, yeah, you take water and, and, and the physics of water, like water always finds its level no matter what it is. That's why we have canals. Water can never curve. There's never done a, they've never done an experiment where water curves and, you know, the definition of science is something that you can observe, measure and repeat, right? So when you when you start doing these experiments, and you can observe these things, you can measure them, and you can repeat them. That's the definition of science, right? Right. But then when you take gravity, and they're like, Oh, we don't know what gravity is. It's just this force that can, you know, hold the weight of the oceans down, but it can let a butterfly fly gracefully, like none of these things make sense, right? right. They don't make sense. If you actually look at it, do your due diligence, dig a little bit, and and put the piece of the puzzle together. They don't make sense, right? Every single ancient culture in society knew that there was a firmament that we were, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a, a flat earth, but it's a, you know, it's a level plane with hills and valleys. Right. right? And um, yeah. And the thing with me was too, was I didn't just like go on the computer and research this. I actually go outside and I observe these things. Right. I observe every single day what's going on, like the movement of the sun, the stars, the moon, all that stuff. I could see the moon in the daytime almost every single day where I live. And, um, you know, where my parents live, you could, I, I always put my feet on the ground. And I would watch the sunset and where the sun sets, sets in the winter or in the summer versus where it sets in the winter, it sets mm-hmm. way more east. So it'll be set every single day. It gets further and further and further away. Right. which makes sense on, you know, like the flat earth model, like the, the sun is getting further away from your space. That's what makes winters. 
right? right? If the sun is 98 million miles, think about that, 98 million miles away, and we got this tiny little earth that's one one hundredth of the side of the sun. How do you get perfect seasons like that? That makes no sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, you just got to like put two and two together. And it's so funny that like, what they tell you is so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth. Like it's like for someone that's like has seen it and knows what's going on and observe these things, what they tell you is so far from the truth that they literally, they probably could have put together a better explanation, but they literally do that to to just laugh in your face and be like, look how (laughs) stupid, look how stupid these people are for buying this. Right. Like you are, you are so dumb for buying this. And that's, that's literally what it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so easy to see. Like, again, I, I go sun gazing almost, yeah, you know, when, when I, when I can, right. And, and explain that only, to people. Yeah. To explain yeah. the benefit of that. Cause I was explaining that to someone yesterday. There's many benefits, but you can only sun gaze like 30 minutes after the rise and 30 minutes before the set. Right. Like I just, I just wanted to make this point where it's like, if I can stare at the sun and it doesn't hurt my eyes 30 minutes when it rises and 30 minutes when it sets, but I can't stare at the sun at noon when it's right above me. How is that possible if the sun is 98 million miles away right. and the earth is right here and it's spinning? It, that makes zero sense at all, right? Mm-hmm. It would make sense if the sun was local and it was going around, you know, our right. flat no, non-rotating earth and it was further away from me when it was the sunrise, way further away from me and then very close to me when it's noon. That's why it's super hot when it's noon. Right. And, and it's, and it's, and it's cold in the mornings and then it's cold when the sun set, right? Like think about it. Um, but yeah, the, the very, very beneficial practice. I've been doing it for a long time. The ancient Egyptians used to, you know, practice sun gazing and, and worship the sun. And they knew that the sun was the giver of all life. And uh, yeah, when you sun gaze, it will improve your eyesight. So like I said, 30 minutes when it rises, 30 minutes when it sets, um, it's oh, safe to stare. That. I didn't know yeah. that. Like I need my yeah. eyes to be better. I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, it, it'll improve your eyesight, elevate your consciousness. It'll raise your vibration. And the sun is the giver of all life. Like, so this is what opens up your third eye, stimulates your pineal gland. Yeah, so it's, it's a super important practice. I've been doing it for a very, very long time. And it upgrades your DNA. And, and the Egyptians knew this. And that's why they depicted it in their iconography. Like the, the sun rays would re- reach the eyes of the you know, ancient Egyptian god. And it, w- it would be presented with the ankh. And the ankh oh, is a right. symbol of eternal life. Yeah. So explain that because that's a cool thing too. The ankh. Yeah. The ankh is the cross. It, yeah. The ankh is um, an Egyptian symbol. And again, it's, it's the symbol for eternal life. So it has both uh, the feminine and the masculine aspects. So it's got the women's, the womb and the ovaries, and then the, the male's genitals, the seed of life, and then the ovaries. So it, it brings the masculine and the feminine together, which creates life right? And the cross is only masculine. So the cross has actually been ripped off from the Yonk. And, and I believe religion was man-made by, you know, the elitists and, and the Bible was written by, you know, the governments. And, and that's why the book of Revelations, every, everything's coming true because everything is, it's an agenda. You know, it's like predictive programming, all that stuff, right? So yeah, I always, always rep the Yonk because it's, it's the symbol of eternal life. It's, it represents peace. It represents love. Uh, it represents duality, spirituality, where as the cross only represents the masculine aspects, which can only result in, you know, death, war and oppression. So, right. yeah. You know, I, I meditate to like certain number of megahertz, but mm-hmm. you talk about, well, first of all, cats per at one, 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 they're like cure cancer. I want you to talk about the cats. And then also that ear, that formation that's in the shape of an ear. Uh, it, yeah. 
What is that? Called, called? It's called the Oracle uh, or- Chamber. Yeah, Oracle the Oracle Chamber. chamber. Yeah. yeah. Will you talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, frequencies, <laughs> Nikola Tesla said it himself. He said, if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, right? So everything is energy. Everything is frequency. Everything is vibration. Nothing is at rest. Everything is moving. So scientists know, and they know to this day, and they've known for a very, very long time that frequencies can cure disease. And that's why like, you know, a cat's purr has a resonance from, I think it's like 20 to 140 Hertz. And they've recently found out that 111 Hertz frequency does in fact kill cancer cells. So that's why like, if you're ever like a lot of women will talk about how, you know, when it's that time of month, if they have cramps, the cat will come around, start purring. Like if you're in pain, the cats will come around and start purring. I have a friend, she tore her ACL and the cat will always lay on her leg and, uh-huh. and start purring and giving healing energy. And um, yeah, so that's super, super interesting. Cats are very unique creatures. That's why the, the Egyptians worshiped them. You know, you got the great Sphinx and, and they depicted them in their iconography and, and they always kept them super close to them, not only because they were healers, but because they were protectors of the spiritual realm as well. Like you ever see a cat will just start freaking out over nothing. It'll just start going crazy. Right. You know, that's because they're, they're, they're super connected to the spiritual realm. They see energies, they see, you mm. know, entities, all that stuff. And they're, they're the protectors of that space for sure. So that's why they always kept them around. And um, yeah, but frequencies are, are super, super interesting. The Oracle chamber in, in Malta, one of the oldest underground chambers ever discovered you know it was shaped it was designed the exact same way a human ear was designed in a resonant frequency of 111 hertz so it was a it was a sound healing chamber and and they know that and again that's something that has been left out of our history books you know no one knows about these things until someone talks about them right right? because we we haven't been taught it because it's they want to keep you dumbed down and ignorant to the truth and and the fact of the matter is they own big pharma they they own everything that makes you sick they own everything that cures you, but it doesn't cure you. You know, it's, it's, it's one big monopoly and it's all to keep you in shackles. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's, so when you were talking about dolphin birth, dolphins, the telepathy that they, those water births about the dolphins, I mm-hmm. I had never heard of that. And I love dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> we um, explain that powerful way of birthing a child and what that does to the child. Yeah, it's a super interesting topic for sure. And uh, there was a guy, his name was, I think, uh, Igor Tarkovsky. And uh, he assisted in many dolphin-assisted births. And essentially what would happen is they would take over the birthing process. So they would swim around the mother. They would relax her with sonar. And and the birth would be really quick. And I I heard it's painless too. I can't speak about that, but I I heard it's actually uh, pretty painless and very quick. There's a video online of a dolphin-assisted birth that you can actually go check out. And um, yeah, it's like instant, right? And that's the way a birthing should happen too. Like our, our whole birthing process is bullshit. Like the way that you lay on your back and all that stuff, that has never happened in our history. That makes no sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's density, buoyancy, like, you know, you like, why right. wouldn't you be standing up squatting, right? So it makes no sense. So after this happened, there was retreats that people can go to that they can pay all this money to get dolphin assisted births. And then they ended up, governments ended up shutting them down and all this stuff. Oh, was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Too much stuff going on. And you know, it's funny because in the comments of that video that I made, there were so many people, so many mothers that were like, Oh, I wasn't able to get in the water in like, you know, in the Dominican or whatever, like to swim with the dolphins when I was pregnant because the dolphins would only pay attention to me. They oh, wouldn't pay attention wow. to the trainer. Yeah. So they're, they're very, they're very aware. Yeah, it's it's hypothesized that the dolphins heal and boost the systematic function of the babies 
by telepathically communicating with it prior to the birth and when they're birthing it. So like they're communicating through that whole process and telling them what to do essentially. And it's funny because the babies in the testimonials of these dolphin assisted births, they would be so much further advanced than the average child. They can talk and walk earlier. They'd be the head of their class. They'd skip years of school, getting full rides at, at prestigious schools and all this stuff, you know, going on and do great things. And uh, yeah, apparently it's because, you know, the dolphins would, would communicate it with it, you know, prior to the birth, which oh, is pretty gosh. interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, at least I have two daughters, maybe by then their time to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. That'll be into yeah, the, in the, in the new world, <laughs> in our new world. Yeah. So now let's, so the bees. Okay. So the honey, <laughs> the bees, the beekeepers, that story. <laughs> Yeah, the bees are super interesting. I mean, without them, we wouldn't even survive, right? So they're very, very magical creatures. And not a lot of people know this, but average lifespan of a beekeeper is much longer than any other lifespan of of any other profession on earth. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. they're, they're expected to live much longer. And it's because, you know, when bees jump from flower to flower, they emit healing frequencies and healing energies as well. And a lot of beekeepers will talk about how like, you know, when they're doing their job, it feels like kind of a meditation. It's a very, very Zen zone. And there's been a lot of comments that, you know, tested that on that video as well. And I've had, you know, after I made that video, I've had pretty unique encounters with, with bees. And I, I feel like they've been thanking me, if you will. Like I remember I was down at the gorge in, in Niagara Falls there and I was meditating. I was doing breath work. I did a little microdose too before this, but uh, I got up after it and I was like, I, I just literally had visions of bees. <laughs> it was crazy. And I was talking to my buddy about this, man, I, like I made this video and like, it's got like a million views. And I feel like I did a really good thing. Cause at the end I was like, just do your part to protect the bees. Cause that's what we need to do. Right. And then right after that, right after I said that a honeybee came like right in front of my like vision right here. And it was just like flying right here. And it was just like, I was super connected to it. And I was just, like, I just knew it was like kind of thanking me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh, you just sparked a thing in my mind. Okay. I was watching that video. I'm getting ready for your interview. It was last week. And I said to my, to Presley, I'm like, Presley, this bee has been, it was so stormy. The bee was like glued to my windshield and I'm on the freeway and I'm looking at this bee going, oh my gosh. So we get to school or wherever we're going. And I said, gosh, this bee hasn't moved. And then it moved. And then a few minutes later, mom, the bees are back. Now that you, maybe they're thanking me for watching your video. <laughs> yeah. Spreading awareness for sure. It's all connected somehow, you know? Oh, it all is connected. We're all one. And yeah. I know you know that and we're all, it's all about love. And I love everything that you are about. I resonate with, I resonate with you. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about this one in this one video about getting into a lucid dream. And like, I try to teach my daughters, like, they're singing and they do pageants and they are on the rowing, they're on the crew team and, you know, in their life, how to like visualize. And, you know, when you go to bed, like, you know, start to think of what you want to create and see if you can, you know, we always talk about our dreams, but you talk about how in our dreams, it's the closest we are to our subconscious mind. And that if you are working out in your head, like doing pushups in your brain and lifting weights, you can see the results. Mm-hmm. Explain that one, yep. Sheldon. You have to be in a lucid dream. So there's right. a difference between just dreaming and being in a lucid dream. So being in a lucid dream means that you're aware that you're dreaming. Once you become aware that you're dreaming, then you can take over your dream and you can literally do whatever you want. 
And that could happen through a lot of different processes. I won't explain that. But yeah, essentially what happens is like if you're working out in a dream, for example, the same muscles will, will fire as if you're working out in, in real life. And they know this. They did a study on this. I think it was in the UK. But uh, yeah, the same muscles would fire when they were like running in the dream. The exact same muscles would fire and they would become, you know, physically stronger and, you know, like improve in their physicality rather than them just working out in regular life. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting and unique thing. And, and I've heard stories of people that will study in their dreams, you know, mm-hmm. like go, you know, have a lucid dream, be aware of it, study for an exam or whatever. And they'll be like weeks and weeks and weeks ahead as if they were just doing it because you're literally tapping directly into the subconscious mind instead of just doing it consciously. And the subconscious mind is hundreds of times more powerful than the conscious. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting stuff. I How haven't you- mastered lucid dreaming i haven't That's mastered I these things okay. yeah but there has been several times where i have got into a lucid dream the one time was through a, like a, a like numbers experience i remember i was in the, i was in this dream and like i was seeing like numbers almost like the matrix and then i realized that i was in a dream i was like yo i must be dreaming right now and then as soon as that like flipped it was like a, almost a portal opened and like i kind of went through it to like this different dream state and i was able to like fly and do all these things and yeah I don't know. It's very interesting stuff. It definitely resonates with me. I haven't had direct experience with it, but based on the research that I've done and um, some of the studies that I've seen, yeah, it definitely makes sense for sure. Yeah. When you, I know you do the sun gazing, you do the grounding. I'm a big believer in the grounding. What else do you do the cryo, you do the cold plunges? Yep. Like every single day it's gym. I've been doing the cold plunge before the gym, hit the gym, let the body warm up naturally because apparently there's been studies that show that it increases testosterone by, you know, up to fivefold, which is crazy. And, um, and the sauna. So yeah, cryotherapy and, uh, and just working on the physicality, working on the mindset, meditation, grounding, sun gazing. Explain grounding to people. Cause you haven't explained the benefits. Cause that's just crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Grounding, I, I, I learned about a long time ago. And there's a documentary. If you guys want all the science behind it, go watch a documentary. It's called The Earthing Movie. And they'll explain all the science and stuff behind it. But essentially what happens when you put your bare feet on the ground, that's what grounding is. is you put your bare feet on the ground, is your body instantly saturates with electrons. And those electrons will coat your red blood cells, which essentially makes your blood thinner. So it's easier for the heart to pump blood. Your blood pressure goes down. Blood, blood viscosity goes down. And um, amongst many other things, it increases sleep cycles. So your body's electric. Like we are electrical beings, right? So when you put your feet on the ground, it's pretty much the same thing as plugging your phone into a charger, right? right? And you can feel these benefits. They say that, um, you know, if you do it for like 10 to 15 minutes before physical activity, it'll increase a lot of things in your body, make you stronger, make you have more energy, make you more agile, things like that, make you a little bit looser. So I'll do that before I play hockey or I go to the gym. But yeah, one of the biggest things with grounding is it decreases inflammation in the body. And inflammation is at the root of most diseases. So they've done studies where it's like, they'll show like the before pictures and then the after pictures, like 30 minutes of grounding is the after picture and and inflammation is is significantly reduced in the body. So many, many benefits. I think that, you know, rubber shoes were introduced purposely by the elites to intentionally sever the connection with us and the earth. That's why... You know, there's, there's very, very wise people, you know, you go to Jamaica, you go to these, you know, third world countries and they'll tell you like your, your shoes will make you sick. They know. Oh, so, 
So very interesting. Definitely, uh, you know, put your feet on the ground. If you live somewhere where it's the winter, a lot of people ask me, like, if it's a winter, there's snow on the ground. If you just go and you, you touch a tree, you're grounded. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I put the, we have grass in the front yard and I was like, okay, I'm doing that in the afternoon and listening to what, what it does for me. I'm like, and then I'm running this morning, the dogs and I'm like, now I'm going to be touching the trees. Well, I do. I'm like very into the trees. Tree hugger. I'm obviously be a tree hugger. Yeah. Okay. So why you intrigue me and I need to understand this is you have your more, you talk about your stuff, the meditation, the grounding, the sun gazing, the cryotherapy, the sauna, the workout, the hockey. What do you do? Nine to five. You quit your nine to five job. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't work a nine to five. Talk about. I know, but yeah. so you quit that. But you talked yeah. about the universe never rewards comfort. comfort. It always rewards discomfort. It always. Yeah. Re- and I will be a testament to that in every part of my life. Every mm-hmm. time I just said I'm done, I'm going to figure this out with nothing. It always. And when yeah. I heard you say that, it's always. It always, it works, always out. works out. Always. Yeah. Yeah. No the universe expected. rewards like people that dare to jump into the unknown. And I always like that, that word jump is like something that I always tell people to do. And something that's really huge in my life. Like just jump, just do it. Just go, i um, jump into the unknown, you know, get uncomfortable because through that process, you start to see that again, the universe just rewards you for like going into the abyss, going into the dark and not knowing what's going to happen. And then realizing that you're actually just landing on a feather bed. And like, that's literally right. how it is. Yeah. So I was, when I was out West for a while, after I left London, I, I went to, I went, I drove out West to work on the rigs for a few years to start, to save money, to start my first business. And what do you mean? The the oil rigs. Oh, the oil rigs. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the hardest job you can do pretty much like, so I had a sacrifice. That's a big piece of it too. You know, you got to sacrifice in order to get where you want to be. You have to leave things behind. You have to leave people behind. You got to leave situations behind, comfort behind, all that stuff. You got to sacrifice in order to become the person that you want to be for sure. And um, so I went out there for a few years, you know, slaved. One of the hardest things that I've ever been through. Save money, start my first business. It was successful in the beginning, ended up failing, you know, long story short. And then I was laid off. This is when COVID was starting to happen. And I was faced with this decision and it was like, go back to work or jump, go to Mexico on my last dime, pretty much figure it out, you know, decide to do it. And, um, you know, through a lot of like, we were going back and forth, whether or not we were going to do it, like just a very scary thing. And that's the the scariest part is the first one. And, um, is the first jump you mean? First jump. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's where every, that's where that's, the, the most scary part, because then after that, you start to realize like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. So now every right. time I'm faced with this decision, I'm just like, go do it. You yeah. know, run I it. always say like, once you do that, you look back, I did that. I can do that. If I can do that, exactly. I'll do exactly. that. It just keeps, exactly. the ball keeps rolling. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was faced with that decision and I decided to jump, finally decided to jump through a bunch of synchronicities and advice from, you know, guides and angels pretty much. But you're getting through meditation or what? How are you getting those advice? There was many, many things. I I remember I was on a TikTok live and my my grandma just had passed and she's super, super close to me. She's my angel for sure. I was here in my dream. She's on my my onk. I have her tattooed right here too. And um, 
I remember I was on a live a TikTok live and uh, this person was commenting on it. She was a medium. She's like, you're, she's like, you're no idea who, who I was. You know, right. I never really brought this up or anything, but she's like, your grandma's on your right side over your right shoulder. That's why I got the tattoo. But it's an oh. onk and then the, and then the wings and then her name on it. But uh, yeah, she's like, your grandma's on your right side. And, and then she's like, she just wants you to know not to overthink your decision just to oh. jump, just to go. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. So that was one of them. And then I remember on New Year's, me and my buddy who I who I did this whole journey with that I was talking to, he was the one that, that came with me. And we uh we didn't know what we were gonna do. We ended up doing uh we did some magic mushrooms that day. And then uh yeah, it was a very, very terrifying experience for me for like the first half of it. And then mm-hmm. the last half was a very beautiful experience. So there's a lot of learning in it. And like through this whole process, there was just so many like just crazy synchronicities, numbers, all that stuff that's just like yo just jump, just, just go, just do it. And that's when we said, all right, you know, we're doing it. We're just, we're just going to go, we're going to wing it, see what happens. And, uh, you know, it was like, with it, we were struggling for a little bit when we were there, maybe like a month and within like a month and a half, we made more money than I've ever seen in my whole entire life. So it was doing what do uh, crypto. Oh, okay. So we trade, we trade what we call like shit coins, like low cap coins. And that's kind of what I do on the side anyways. And, I just feel like money always comes as a byproduct for doing what you're passionate about for service. I heard this quote one time and it stuck with me and I'll, I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And it's one of my favorites. And it was like, instead of trying to make a million dollars, try to serve a million people. Mm. And so when I stopped focusing on making money and started focusing on service, the money started coming as a byproduct. And now it's just always coming. It's always flowing. It's, it's energetic. You know, it's so like, I always tell people that one of the things that really changed my life financially was associating the feeling of spending money with a feeling of abundance instead of a feeling of lack because 99% of people that spend money have a feeling of lack when they spend it, right? It's that feeling of lack that attracts more lack. So every time that I spend money, wherever I tap my card, whatever, I always just like, and it's like literally like engraved in my subconscious mind now where it's like, I am so happy and grateful that this money comes back to me in increasing ways and possibilities. So like, I just associate spending with, with more abundance and it's always coming in. It's always flowing. And that's just what happens now. Yeah. I love that. I do that. When we get to the mailboxes, I tell when, if who's the girls are with me, <laughs> bring the bills in. I said, check in the mail. Thank you for the, but also like putting the bills in the, mm-hmm. like to mail them. Like, thank you for the abundance that we get to pay these bills. And then when we, and then I get whatever I, I just, it's always, I'm looking for that. And I feel like me as a mom raising kids these days, to have the outlook on life and to see that, to look for the magic and to know that it's always there and the synchronicities and it's yeah. so fun. And so such a beautiful experience as a mother to have those tools in my tool kit or whatever to share and to show them this universe in a whole new light. And I think when, when you talk about like schools and I really feel like we're moving forward I know it's small, you know, but like when you have your, when you're a dad, are you, is that a goal of yours? Is that something you want to do? Yeah. At some point for sure. What is important to you as a father? Like, what would you say? Like, I really want to be a dad because I feel like I have a duty to this world to repopulate as many of me's as possible. So (laughs) that's, that's first and foremost. I feel like the, the society is really, really missing that, you know, wise alpha, sort of aspect where it's more like, you know, these conditioned betas that 
are essentially slaves and they can't think for themselves. And that's a big reason why we're in such a dilemma now is because there's not enough free thinkers like me. So, you know, I think just raising kids based on my morals and, you know, helping as many people as you can and always be a good person and, and do good for others and, you know, live life as happy as possible and spread as much love and light as possible and be the best person you can be as physically strong as you can, you know, be the best of things that, that you're passionate about all these things, all these, you know, things that fit into my moral compass. I want to, you know, kind of install them into my children. And I think that that has to happen, not necessarily for me, but it has to happen naturally. I think that they have to have a degree of suffering in their life, especially if they're, they're males, because I, I don't think that without suffering comes, you know, any sort of growth, you know, mm-hmm. if they're just handed everything, then, you know, it is what it is. If they're, if they're female, then it's a little bit of a different story. Like, but, um, you know, if I'm to have children and they're, and they're going to be males, I think they're, they're going to have to have a degree of suffering in their life. They're going to have to, you know, a degree of competition. They have to see the world for what it is. You know, I'm going to teach them about obviously things like meditation and visualization and same things that you're doing and just try to give them the best opportunity to have the best life that they, they can possibly have. And that has to happen through, like I said, things like, you know, suffering and failures and, and right. hardships and all that stuff, because that's what makes a person who they are. Like I had to go through a lot of shit. I had to have a, a rough kind of upbringing and, and not the best relationship with my father to kind of see the father that I wanted to be. Cause I, I in my relationship with my father, I want to be the exact opposite oh, of, really? huh. uh, yeah, of, of him for sure. And, and he's the exact opposite. And I, I don't feel like the universe kind of showed me the, the other end of the spectrum. Everything is balanced. He's the exact opposite side oh, of the coin wow. as me. He yeah. is? exact opposite side yeah huh. like he's pessimistic watch the news like i, I, I would grow oh up and like, you need to watch the news to stay informed and you know alcoholic all that stuff and huh. so yeah but it was through that process where i was i just none of none of what he ever tried to tell me resonated and that, i'm not saying he was a bad father like he was still a good father you know he put me through hockey and he would you know go on those road trips and all that stuff but when it came down like the person that he is i never wanted to be like and i never will be like but it kind of set an example for me when I was like, I, I never want to be that father for, to my children. I want my children to look at me like a superhero, you know, right. and, and that and that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. Knowing what you, I know what you believe, like looking as I think I do, but as your dad, like, thank you, dad, for showing me the opposite in this life that yeah. made like almost forced you to like, see your light more. Mm-hmm. Don't you exactly. think? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Everything happens for a reason. I believe that, uh, you know, we kind of choose we choose what, what, you know, family we're going to be put in and all that stuff when we, before we come here, when we sign that soul contract, that, that, that kind of resonates with me where it's like, I, I chose that situation. I chose to, you know, have a father like that. That's, that is the complete opposite side of me because, you know, again, if everything's sunshine and rainbows and all that stuff, like, it's just like, there's no point to it, right. There's, there's no growth, there's no, no. lessons. Right. So I had to see what he was doing and, and what he still does and what he goes through. And like, he wakes up at 2 AM still, he's 60, 60 plus six, maybe 62, 63 years old, waking up at 2 AM, going to work every single day, slaving for the man. And it's like, wow. You know, yeah. And, and I'm sitting here on the other side, you know, like 30 years old, like free and abundant and, you know, traveling and, and waking up when I want and going to bed when I want, not answering anyone, all that stuff. And it's because of the life that I've curated through my mindset and what I believed and uh, I know that opportunities are different nowadays. Like there's a lot of ways you can make money online and all that stuff and, you know, create an audience on social media. So, you know, my opportunities are different than his opportunities were for sure. But uh, I, I I don't necessarily believe that's an excuse. I think that anyone can change at any time. Anyone can, 
learn anything that they want if they choose to, and they can choose to change the situation. But, you know, for he's just so it speaks to a lot of people that are in his generation, because I mean, you grow up watching TV and, and, and you don't have this abundant source of information that we have. Right? right. So you're just getting fed this one source of information. The internet was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to, to us as far as like trying to wake us up. Right. Because now people can, they have the choice to, you know, go through all this different information and see what resonates with them instead of like just watching the news and, and listen to your teachers. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Who's your mentor? Like, who do you, would you say like, Oh, I really, if I had to be in the presence of one person, it would be this person. It's a good question. I don't, I don't necessarily have any, like I used to watch Ralph smart a lot, Aaron Dowdy when I was going through my spiritual journey, but a lot of these things I kind of just picked up on myself. But if I was to be in the presence of one person and I wanted to be in the presence of one person, it would probably be Nikola Tesla. Okay. I kind yeah. of thought you might've said that. Yeah, And then you talk about God and being all one and, mm-hmm. you know, and how you describe that is a beautiful way. And what is your like past lives time will end on this. So we're wrapping it up, but okay. what is your, like the way you would describe like why we came to this earth? You say you're mm-hmm. an old soul. Yeah. Um, you say, I, I mean, I feel like I know just from what you're interested in, and what you want to know, because it must resonate within you from past lives. So mm-hmm. it's, everything's happening now. Can you go into that and what, how you see it so we can wrap it up? Yeah, it's very interesting. I think that we all came from source. I think that we are all a piece of that. So like we're that divine spark that created the universe also created you. So you are the universe. Like it's like if you take a cup and you dip it in the ocean that cup, that individual, that's you. But what's inside that that water is still a part of the whole, right? So right. that's kind of how I just describe it. Like we're all different branches of the same tree. We're all having these unique experiences, but innately we're all the same within and we are all God. And I think that we came here to learn, to experience, to grow. I think that that the creator wanted to experience itself. So it started just you know, creating and branching off and, and, you know, manifesting this reality. I think that the earth is a testing ground. I think that's one of the hardest testing grounds that, that there is. I think there's a lot of souls that are still waiting to come, come here and to go through these trials and tribulations. And we know how tough it is, right? Like we, right. Our, our lives on a daily basis, like it's not an easy journey, but I think that, uh, you know, through, through the suffering and through, you know, everything that the failures and the heartbreaks and all that stuff, we, we start to realize, you know, who we truly are. Like the, the more we go through these experiences, the more synchronicities that we see, the more we tap into ourselves, we start to realize that we are one with the divine and we are one with the, with, with the universe and that, you know, we are connected to everything. And I think that through that process, through learning that, that, that innate truth is where the most happiness and fulfillment comes from just like the most profound things happen to you. And it's so beautiful to know what I, what I know and what my truth is and that, that, you know, I am the co-creator of this reality and I am one with the universe, with God, with the divine spark, with consciousness, with, you know, this intelligence that created everything. So um, yeah, that's what I believe. And um, that's what resonates within me. And and based on what I experienced, I know that this was created for me and also for you at the same time, you know, right. And so, then when you die, what, what happens when you die? 
think it just continues. I don't think that energy, I don't think that we die. I think energy just transfers. And I think it just continues in whatever way, either we elevate or, you know, maybe what we do in this lifetime determines our next lifetime. So like the person that we are in this lifetime will determine who we become in the next lifetime. And I kind of, that always resonated with me because I see people around that have very unfortunate circumstances, whether they're like, you know, really short or just not very good looking, whatever. And I'm like, the first thing that I think about is like, what did you do in your past life? You know what I mean? Like, I really truly believe that the person that we, that we are in this lifetime will determine what happens in our next lifetime, whether it's elevating into, into new levels, you know, just spirit beings coming back here, but nothing ever truly dies. It just transfers. So it's just an energy transfer. But coming back here, even though that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So another part of your soul is experiencing the next life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) hard to wrap your mind around these things, right? I mean, I could, I could sit here and guess, but I guess there's no way to ever know until we, until we pass on. But I think that the soul continues to reincarnate into this reality until you've learned all the lessons and you've mastered your mind, you become the mental master. Yeah. And then you kind of have a choice. You're not standing in line. Like you say, the soul, your soul's waiting to come to earth. Yeah. I think that that kind of resonates with me too. Whereas like, if you have a, like, if you have a choice to come back, I I feel like I, I've already passed these levels, Mm -hmm. you know, and I chose to come back to help raise the vibration. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent you did. In order to help it ascend its consciousness and help, other people ascend their consciousness. I feel like I was, I chose to come back in order to, you know, do what I'm doing now, which is wild. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, so fun. Thank you. I could be here with you all no, day. No problem. I appreciate it. Uh, anything find you on your Instagram? Where can people find you? Cause they yeah, need to inst- follow you. Instagram. I'm sure you'll link it like wherever yeah, you'll be in the show it, notes. Instagram is uh, Sheldon Thompson, three, six, nine. And my TikTok is infinite light three, six, nine. And, um, I'm active on both of those. So go ahead and follow me and you can shoot me a DM if you want to, if you've got any questions, I'm always an open book and yeah. Thank you. No problem at all. Thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.